What's up, guys? Rachel Lindsay here, and I am teaming up with your favorite Ringer podcasters to deliver the Bravo drama and news that you've been craving on Morally Corrupt. It's the show about all things Bravo, from the housewives to summer house and everything in between. We'll be mentioning it all every week. Check it out on Spotify and theringer.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Sonic. You know what sounds good after a long day? Ice cream. I love ice cream. Right now is the perfect time to get some. Sonic has half-price shakes every night after 7 p.m. when you order online or in the app. Just think of it. All that creamy, soft serve, hand-mixed with your favorite flavors for half the price in any size. Listen, a lot of people like goofy shakes. I like vanilla shakes. You can throw 40 flavors at me. You know what I'm going to order? You know what I love the most? vanilla shakes. It's perfect because me and my family, at least once a week, we still all get ice cream together when we're together. Grab Sonic Half Price Shakes after 7 p.m. now. Exclusions apply. Available for a limited time only at participating Sonic drive-ins. All right, it's a special edition of The Rewatchables. My name is Bill Simmons. I'm here with Chris Ryan. And Sean Fantasy, a couple weeks ago, we asked the listeners to send us suggestions because we're headed toward 250 episodes on this feed and decided, you know what? You got to keep it fresh. Sometimes you got to, you know, put on some lingerie for your husband. Sometimes you got to get a nice, freshly shorn haircut for your wife. It's got to keep keep people on their toes, you know. Maybe. Do you maybe, think a lot of wives are like, "When will my husband be freshly shorn?" I th- <laughs> that's what. I, that's what really <laughs> stirs my ashes. Yeah, that's okay. what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we're trying to keep it fresh. So the listeners obliged. They sent us hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of great emails, uh, fun emails. Enjoyed going through them. I went through them. Uh, Producer Craig went through them. And uh, and a recurring theme was that people just like this podcast. So it was nice to hear from everybody. We really appreciate it. I tried to separate these into a bunch of different categories. I've kind of decided on mostly what we're going to add, and maybe we can talk about that at the tail end. But I wanted to just rip through this, guys. And, uh, and I separated it in quadrants, and we could just kind of go. This first section is called Rapid Fire. Okay. Matthew Wood suggests the Carl Van Loon AT&T Award for the actor who most phoned in their performance, <laughs> named after De Niro's character from Limitless. Didn't make the cut, but strong suggestion. Uh, Greg Todd wanted the Judith Myers Award for the character most likely to be killed first if this were a horror movie. Oh, mm. I like that. That did get my wheels turning a little bit. I I tried to. I went. Do you want through, us like, to throw the, out some examples here? Like, do you have do you have some some that you're thinking of? Well. I don't think this works because I don't think you could do it for enough movies, but I think it's a back pocket every once in a while. If it's the right movie, we could maybe break out the Judith Meyer. So I'm just sure. posting that aside. I, I really like that one. I like that one and applying it to like the most non-horror movies. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Like Lieutenant Weinberg and A Few Good Men. He'd be the Sean, first to go. I was literally going to say that. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. 
All right, I'll put it in bold. Brennan K wanted the award for the character most likely to have a podcast. And what would that podcast be about? And he listed as an example, Elliot from ET having a Joe Rogan type podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even, I I don't know how he made that association, but I love it. What would Elliot be doing right now? He'd probably be playing Elden Ring. Yeah. You know, like he would be, I think he would just need to immerse himself in a virtual reality because his reality was too intense. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe he's, He's in Silicon Valley. He's like a, a computer programmer, kind of grizzled. He's on Reddit, conspiracy Reddit a lot. Yeah. Yeah, but he's like tr- transforming into like a crypto grifter. You know, he's just mm. pushing NFTs. He's like, I have ETs, the only shirt that ET ever touched. And he's trying to turn that into an NFT. So you think he's running for mayor of Miami? Definitely. Yeah. Do you think he knows Haral Bob or no? <laughs> yeah, they started a, a cryptocurrency together, right? ET coin? This one doesn't totally work, but I like it. Only because we we this in anyway, but Josh Duckey suggests the Don Simpson cocaine is a hell of a drug <laughs> category for movies from the cocaine era who have inexplicable scenes or plots that can only be when explained it, by cocaine. When does the cocaine era end? Well, that's the thing. I feel like cocaine is such a theme in any movie we do from like, what, 80, 77 to 86? I don't think that needs a category. Marikita suggests one in honor of Mallory Rubin, which should instantly make you uh, fearful. Would this movie be better with a sex scene? Or, and is there enough on-screen horniness? Yeah. She yeah. want to call this the Mallory Rubin Award. I don't want to boost Mal's ego and give her an award. I immediately think Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross when I'm, when I'm thinking this. For a sex scene? <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I, my mind went to E.T. My, my mind went to Rounders. Mm. Well, you you you've long yeah. I just that for, was the movie for, yeah. I needed it the most. Yeah, it was an R-rated movie anyway. I don't think this works, but I like the idea from Maxim. The I wish I was there in person category, which would mostly be for sports movies. But I I feel like we would say that in the pod anyway. But then it got me thinking like non sports movies. What would we want to be there for? Like Chris, what heat scene? Would you want to be there? BJ's and Alvarado at 2 a.m.? Like, what would I think be? BJ's and Alvarado. I would also like, you know, for instance, I would love to be at a really safe distance from the Death Star blowing up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. just like outside the blast radius, but like on yeah. a nice, like, you know, like, like re- recreation deck, checking that out. Sean, you're in the diner in Pulp Fiction with Honey Bunny and, and uh, Tim Roth? Yeah, maybe. With my bad motherfucker wallet. I, um, what about like on the, uh, on a, on a separate boat? Within eyes of Quint getting eaten alive. You know oh, what I mean? oh, interesting. <laughs> you know, like I want to see Jaws up close and personal, but safely. <laughs> you're just, but you're just sitting there eating saltwater taffy yeah. instead yeah. of helping. Yeah, like I'm in a helicopter, you know, and it's 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 really like close that. to the surface. Taylor Wetzger wanted us to have the under forty test. Does this film feel so old that it's not even being carted when it walks into a bar? <laughs> <laughs> inventive I don't know how we squeeze it in this one from Jimmy O though the Teddy KGB he beat me straight up award given to the actor actress who's doing their own thing in the movie regardless of whether or not it vibes with the rest of the film he mentions Teddy KGB uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman along came Polly Gary Oldman and True Romance this feels like the 2.0 version of Judd Nelson. Yeah, this is a variation. I think that we've tried to get Judd Nelson off the ground. We had some seed investment, but it never really took off. Yeah, and I, I, maybe Teddy KGB is it. So I'm bolding that one. This one isn't going to make the podcast, but it just made me laugh. 
Jeff C. wants us to have the Alex Kintner Memorial Award for the best scene in a movie that contains no dialogue. And he recommends Alex Kintner getting swallowed by the shark and the camera panning in on Sheriff Brody. So basically a no sound scene. I just like that he went on IMDb and looked up Alex's last name, Alex Kintner. It really committed to the The Kintner boy. Uh, this one from Brian L. Just to make Sean uncomfortable, the Jamie Sheridan premature ejaculator <laughs> award for most cringeworthy moment or performance. Oh uh, <laughs> boy, here we go. The Jamie Frank H wants the uh, Doctor Loomis unintentionally hilarious award and, and says it's hard to watch any Halloween movie without laughing at how much nobody believes Doctor Loomis. He has a gun. <laughs> He's worked with the person. His overacting is spectacular. I have a better use of unintentional comedy that I think we can get into. Speaking okay. of comedy, a bunch of heat emails. You're not going to believe this, considering we've... How many podcasts have we done about heat? Three, Three heat. Yeah. You guys did heat? Yeah, we did heat. <laughs> Michael wow. B. wants six degrees of heat. Pick the main character of the movie being reviewed or supporting character if it's too easy and try to get them in a movie with a random member of Macaulay's crew within six steps. Could be pretty fun. I think Sizemore takes care of a lot of this, though. Yeah. I was trying to think E.T. I feel like we could get keys into heat within four moves. Peter Coyote. Uh, what else has he been in besides E.T.? Aside from narrating those Ken well, Burns documentaries. What's Keys doing 10 years later? He's probably robbing banks, right? Or is at least thinking about it? <laughs> you think he's gone from discovering <laughs> extraterrestrial life? Yeah, robbing. I think he's gone dark. I think he flew too close to the sun, and now he's like he's in Macaulay's back pocket. Best quote: A lot of people want a best quote to come back, and Daniel from Perth suggested calling, uh, having a book about medals award (laughs) for the belatedly best quote. He says, "For first viewing, it's just another line. Fortieth viewing, it's spectacular." And he mentions other book about medal possibilities. Every Buffalo Bill moment in Silence of the Lambs. The International Immobiliary in Godfather Part that's, 3. That's a great one. And Tom Cruise attempted to be human in any movie. I, this is this is close. The, I guess the concept would be belatedly fantastic. Yeah, it's. I think it's for the movies that we've really, really, really watched like a hundred times. And then it's like the difference between you cut these guys loose to I want the truth. It's like on the 40th watch of A Few Good Men, you almost get more excited about, you cut these guys loose. You know, right. like you start to get into like different lines. I was trying to think for a departed, Sean. Mm-hmm. I feel like Baldwin, I don't feel like he jumped out and on the first time like he does in like the 39th, every moment he has. Like the the driving range scene. That could be like a book about metals. I don't know. There's something here. I think uh, we should workshop this. Yeah. I was thinking also about the, um, you know, I, I treat feds like I feed, treat mushrooms, you know, feed them shit, right. keep them in the dark. Like that, when the f- first time I saw it, I was like, it's pretty good. And now I use that line and replace mushrooms with anything. I do like CR. I say like, you know, I treat CR. <laughs> Sean Hayes wanted, this is really strong. And I, I think we should try to figure this out. Maybe it's not every pod, but. He wants an award called The Next Day. And Th- says, this is, inc- this is an incredible idea. You've done three podcasts about Heat and have never discussed that Al Pacino's character is very likely suspended the next day. Tadero's now killed Wingro and several cops, and Al let him get away from the precious metals depository. There should be a category of the team riffing on what happens after. 
the next day works in a lot of different ways, right? We could, there's like the Andean red version. What happens just the next day? They're in Zawantneo after the hug. What do they do for the next 12 hours? This is a brilliant category idea. I, yeah. I feel like some of the most creative conversations we've ever had on the show are like, what is the sequel to this? Like, what is the yeah. plot of the Netflix series? And this is a way to do that discreetly, like it, right away. And uh, in, invariably, most of the time, it will be not, like not that interesting. So we'll have to come up with some interesting shit to happen. Well, that's what I think the future of this pod is we take these categories and there's the staples that are probably like two thirds. And then I think the other ones kind of move in and out depending on the movie. I think that's heat culture. We're always finding new guys to come right. in off the bench. You never yeah. know when Max Struess might be able to come in and hit a three. <laughs> next next man up. Call me Gabe Vincent. E.T. the next day. What happens? Does he go to school the next day? Well, I think there's something funny about no one believing anybody. You know, like I like the idea of him becoming a conspiracy theorist because he had this experience, but no, the government won't acknowledge it, obviously. Yeah. Only five kids in the neighborhood really saw what happened. Keys, you know, Keys is, is trying to nail his mom. So like he's trying to keep everything under wraps. Keys is over for a pizza the next yeah. day. Yeah. I think they're all arrested. <laughs> I think they, they <laughs> led extraterrestrial life. They proof of intelligent life off of earth escape those guys are all redacted <laughs> daniel g had a similar idea he said what's next for andy he's a seven, seven foot tall convicted felon there's no way he could blend in at a beach in mexico for too long same for dominic charlene and chris do they ever re reunite does dr kimball remarry there's something here i like the next day um, dr kimball remarries very quickly you would think oh yeah a doctor? A single doctor? This next category we're adding. Multiple people suggested it, including Ryan Sally, who wanted the Stephen A. Smith hottest take award. People, multiple people seem to think we should just have a hot take in the movie along the lines of Kay Corleone is a terrible character, which isn't even a hot take because she was. But Alexander Smith describes So this, it. these are just your takes then? Yeah, who no, is responsible for the hot takes? takes? You guys have had hot takes. Here's Alexander Smith. He said, for instance, in Signs, a movie that I think I've seen once. I didn't even know what he was talking about, but I love this email. Merrill is a baseball player who is most definitely a three true outcomes player. In the movie, he said he didn't make it to the bigs due to his strikeouts, but the movie came out in 02. Moneyball was published in 03. If the aliens had invaded five years later, Merrill is in the bigs doing his best Adam Dunn impersonation and going for 40 homers with his 200 batting average. Mel Gibson, all the kids, all his kids are dead. Best hot take, great category. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I think maybe one of us has to give a hot take. Maybe it's not three. It's like whoever feels like they have the best hot take, yeah. we just kind of go. Or whoever else is on if it's not. I think that's us. good. That should be like at the end of an episode, though. Yeah, yeah. I have that. Yeah. This We're is like Elliot, by, by being so selfish, Elliot caused the slowdown of scientific discovery by 50 years. Yes. That was, your, that was sort of your take yeah. on the last one. Yeah, that was good. A lot of basketball awards. Wait, are we doing signs? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I haven't <laughs> seen it in 20 years. It's pretty good. A lot of basketball awards. A lot of basketball disparagement, Chris, including people who are either currently on your team or used to be on your team. What a surprise. Just a variety of James Harden awards suggested, including um, Taylor Wetzger, the James Harden award, awarded to the person least excited, interested in being part of the movie. <laughs> or Bill Stacy, the actor who did a money grab and had no interest in being there. Just, just a slew of those. So congrats uh -huh. on the James Harden extension when it happens, Chris. 
Were these emails only called from Boston? Like, was there some sort of regional? Yeah, can we geotag these? <laughs> these were from all over the Australia. Uh -huh. Oh yeah, Perth for sure. <laughs> Scott Jackson wanted the Chris Paul award for the actor who had the worst performance in the third act of the movie, but only do it when Priscilla's on the podcast. <laughs> I was trying to think who, what actor completely fell apart in the third part of the movie. We haven't done single white female yet, but I feel like Jennifer Jason Lee was like that. But to make it more accurately, Chris Paul, it's, then they have to have like a weird excuse for it. You know, like a late developing quad injury is, is revealed. So like right. it would have to be Jennifer Jason Lee is just like, I actually had mono for the entire end of the shoot for single white female. <laughs> yeah. I got in a car accident on the set and my neck was out of whack. Kirk Melhorn wants the Ben Simmons Award for the actor, actress, or director who refused to utilize a specific skill set or ability, and it negatively affected the movie, like Ben Simmons not shooting. I, it felt like a shoehorn Ben Simmons attack, but I'm here for it. I enjoyed it. <laughs> and then a lot of Russell Westbrook. Mm, Mostly yeah. people, the same kind of thing, like the Russell Westbrook Award for if you cut this scene out or this character out, the movie's better. I don't really want to have Russell Westbrook in the rewatchable, so I'm, I'm uh, vetoing it. So a couple of people wanted life lessons because the first Heat podcast we ever did, yeah, we did was centered around the lessons from Heat. Didn't we do that for Casino too? We did, and now I'm thinking, not a bad thing for near the end. Is there a life lesson from this movie? We mm -hmm. all have to think of one and just go around. Yeah, we think Sean. Life lesson for me, T, is uh, if you discover an alien. Um, don't show them to your siblings or your mom. You know, just right. keep them tucked Hoard away. Hoard the alien. Hoard yeah. the alien. Yeah. Yeah. Couple revamp winner. People want the best quote back. So I guess we're going to have to bring that back. Well, they, it shows up usually in, in what it, what's aged the best. What happened? Yeah. To, why did it get phased? I feel like one day I showed up, I was on the show and I was like, when are we doing best quote? And then it just I stopped. I remember, I, I blame Mallory. No, <laughs> I, I think we did once. I blame you. You started doing best quote in in what's age the best. You started being like, what's age the best? And then you would do like five lines from the movie and I'd no, be like, those are Mallory's all the best fault. quotes. Mallory was on once and moved his best quote and she did like 38 quotes. And I was like, I gotta get rid of this category. And just added a half hour of the podcast. But uh, People had different names for it. And I think the best one was from Scott, who thinks we should call it the action is the juice. Best quote award. Or we just call it the best quote award. People also think recasting couch should be shifted. As Patrick um Patrick puts it, it should be 2022. It shouldn't be people from uh, the era the movie was made. It should be right okay. now they're making right. movies. So Patrick right. says, for recasting Titanic right now. Tom Holland's in Leo's role and and Shearsa Ronan is in Kate's role. Right. I like the 2022 angle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that's good. I think that's a keeper, right? That'll be also tough for me because I have a bad tendency to just say Miles Teller for everything. Yeah. So I got I gotta I gotta get better. <laughs> you just gotta study more actors. It's a good way for us to get Sydney Sweeney in a lot more movies. Yeah, no question. Uh cousin categories of things that we kind of already have that usually end up in like what's age the best or what's age the worst, but Bryce Maloney from Toronto, what single moment most gives away the year this movie was made? Is it a catchphrase, a hairstyle, a costume choice, a song in the soundtrack or whatever? I feel like most of the time the answer would be the song in the soundtrack. So I'm, I'm like lukewarm on this. It's a little on what's age the worst corner too. Yeah. It's, but there's also like a lot of usually technological advances are on front. You know, like yeah, you I feel like really we can cover it. that in best or worst, but I like the spirit of it. Luke Holy wants the Tony Snell Award 
points us to the time Tony Snell zero, played zero, 28 zero. minutes and had all zeros. So it's like the actor who's in the movie the most, but had but did the least. And he said it's basically the opposite of Dion Waiters. And his nominee for this is Tom Hardy in Mad Max Fury Road. He thinks he put up a Tony Snell. I like it. That's controversial for him to say that. I don't love that take, but I love that idea. Yeah. It's really solid. I don't think we do it every time, but I think I think maybe there's some times where that comes in. For sure. The That's Tony Snow. Then a few people wanted either who lost the movie or the LVP of the movie. Mm. I like the concept of who lost the movie. Alex from Cleveland says, this could be someone who passed on a major role, someone who was fired, um, somebody who hurt their own trajectory of their career, or somebody who was just bad. Or if you get blown off the screen by your co-star, you know. What do you think, Sean? I like it. I, I mean, it's it's better with context because it's like if somebody took a part in a movie that didn't do anything for them and they could have been in another movie at the time, I always think of it that way. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. was Kim Basinger in Batman, was that a win for her playing Vicky Vale? She wasn't in the second yeah. one? Yeah. I the the reason I wasn't all the way in on it is I think people can have tiny losses but not like who won the movie is so substantive. Mm-hmm. Who lost the movie? People like the Kim Basinger thing is a great example. It's like it wasn't awesome for her, but it also wasn't bad that she was in a Batman movie, right? You know, yeah. Very, but like nobody- Keanu and Dracula was a loss. Mm. Like he definitely lost the movie. Sophia Coppola and Godfather Three. That's a who lost the movie, but we're also covering that in, you know what age the worst or stuff like that. So I don't know if this needs its own category, but I like the idea. Yeah, it's like if you guys did Midnight Run again, like nobody lost Midnight Run, right? It's like- We lost because there wasn't a sequel or they did make the sequel, but none of the people were in it. Right, right, right. This one's going to get added. I can't believe we didn't think of this. How many have we done? Like 240 episodes? People had different, they either named it after Scorsese or they didn't, but it was over and over again, best needle drop. Mm-hmm. And Dave R. writes, you guys spent a little time on John Williams for E.T., but that guy deserved way more credit for the success of the film. I propose best needle drop. For instance, Layla would have absolutely won this for Goodfellas. Would it, though? What do you think has it? Well, Be My Baby. Oh, what about Rags to Riches? I don't know. What's that? Can't you hear me knocking? Yeah. Can you hear me knocking? Rolling Stones. I don't know. see. This would be a good category because we'd argue a, about it. Yeah, this is a really good one. I mean, we, inevitably we end up having a five minute conversation about the songs and movies anyway. So this is maybe a good way to focus it. Oh, it's and and then he kissed me, not be my baby, my bad. We could sneak it in. Uh, what's age the best? Maybe it's like at the tail end of what's age the best. We throw in the best needle drop. Would you just call it best needle drop or name it after Scorsese? I feel like it'll come when we are doing a movie where it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like Coppola doesn't have needle drops, really, right? Mm-hmm. Although there are some really good needle drops in Apocalypse Now. Yeah. I think this was the most insane email we got. It's from Adam Klein in Denver. In previous pods, both Burgess Meredith, Leo DiCaprio, and Joakim Noah have been described as either Coxman or world-class stickman. It got me thinking about art imitating life in the Titanic pod, where Rose, when she dies has Jack waiting for her aboard the Titanic. (laughs) He must be her one true love because he fucked her silly in the back of that 1912 Renault. So basically her entire life turned on that one magical dick, a dick of destiny. 
I was thinking about how there must be other examples where the sex must be so good that it drives a movie character to be with or stay with somebody that is otherwise completely horrible, like Ginger and Casino. A horrible relationship phrase, but he keeps it going, even though she brings nothing else to the table. So there, that's the new category used to describe what one character must have to keep a terrible or illogical couple together. Um, and he, he has Forrest Gump. Bill, you wrote this email. Admit it. I did not write this email. <laughs> you wrote this Destiny. email in 2006. <laughs> Billy Hoyle. Uh, Karen Kinsella was another one. He listed a whole bunch of people. And he said, ultimately, this will make us reevaluate the 2021 Nets and the dysfunctional relationship <laughs> between Kyrie and KD. <laughs> I, I really, just a lot of points for that email. He really, really. He revved it up. Dick and sure. Destiny was hilarious. That's strong. This, I have this category. It's a great job, great effort. This is smart. I don't think it works for the pod, but I liked it. The Dave Henderson Award for notable plot point everyone forgets about. Dave Henderson hits the homer top of the 10th, Game 6, 1986 World Series, and he's going to be a hero and bars are going to be named after him. Then we blow the World Series. Sorry. Jeff Gow, <laughs> who came up with this idea, he said an example is E.T. Gertie is the one who offhandedly teaches our little alien friend the rather useful ability of how to talk without which the E.T. phone home and all of that isn't happening. And then he says, Titanic, Rose and Jack are the reason the boat sinks because they're making out and the lookouts are watching them make out and they miss the iceberg and the boat crashes. I don't think this works for the pod, but I, I appreciated the uh, ingenuity of this one. It's a good reminder to point these things out when we're doing yeah, a movie. We could do this in Woodsage the best, something like that. Uh, a couple people suggested versions of this. The Barry Wiggum is the one I'll use. He wanted like a who the fuck is that, which is like a cousin of Stars Born, where it's like Gandolfini and True Romance. Oh. Or uh, Samuel L. Jackson and Jungle Fever. Kate so this Hudson is kind of like a cousin, cousin to Joe, Joey Pants. It's like, it's basically their like, their, their high school or college highlight mixtape, you know? In a movie. Like, oh, Brad, we, we Brad Pitt, Thelma and Louise. Yeah. But I feel like we could also cover this in what stage the best. But it's one of those like Gina Davis and Fletch. Who the fuck mm. is that? I like that one. Cristiano in Brazil thinks that we should have a category of the precise best age to watch a movie. Oh, great idea. Yeah. So like E.T., what is the best possible age to watch E.T.? Yeah, it's like yeah. Seven. 17 for Dazed and Confused. Right, right, right. E.T. is, what, nine, ten? Probably yeah. ten. You want to be the same age as Elliot? Yeah, for you, for Bill, what's Halloween? Like six? Oh, man. <laughs> when, when did you just show it to every Ben? every year. I think Halloween and Heat is just every, there is no age. How old, how old was Ben when you first showed him Halloween? Under, I mean, under, under eight? Too young. He's, I think he was four. Has Ben seen Heat? Four. <laughs> yeah. Four. <laughs> He's covered his eyes a couple times. It was fine. <laughs> the second half of the movie he just got into high school he's fine <laughs> sure Did he, has Ben seen Heat uh, too long for him okay <laughs> too long for him he did like Goodfellas a lot though oh that's yeah. great the best age to watch this movie I think that could be a good conditional one though enjoy that producer Craig yes what do you think of that one the precise best age to watch a movie I love that one. I've been writing down my favorites as we go through this. All right. That, yeah. At the, the end, you have to give, give us like your top seven. Okay. More possible winners. This one I really liked, except I don't know how we do it in an audio pod. It would almost be like we'd have to do this for YouTube. And a few people suggested it. And one person even 
took all these screenshots from the movies and it came from our discussion on ET about that one shot of the bicycle with the moon behind it. Mm -hmm. And it was most rewatchable shot. And so Jared, Jared B says different from a scene. This focuses on a specific camera shot that's memorable, like the poolside steady cam shot in Boogie Nights or the slow zoom in on De Niro and Goodfellas when he's contemplating Wacky Mori, which we broke down in the Goodfellas episode. Sean, you're the nerdiest guy out of the three of us. What do you think of this? Most rewatchable shot? Would we name it after somebody? What would you do here? Let's name it after me. The Sean Fantasy most rewatchable <laughs> shot? No, no. I, I mean, Chris will go hog wild on this. He would love Why don't to we, do this. We could call it the great job, Gordon. Ward. Love it. The great job, Gordon. That's great. Yeah, for Gordon Willis. I'm writing that, I'm writing that one down. Great job, Gordon. <laughs> or Gordo. I think he's Gordo yeah. to us now. I don't even think he's Gordon. I'm sure he'd love he's that. Yeah. Gordo Willis. <laughs> what a legacy but, for him. I like that one. Look, not every movie's going to have it. Like, I'm not, I'm not sure if when we do, I don't know, some and we could honor comedy. we could honor Gordon Willis by doing this category every time right after Dick of Destiny. I think he would <laughs> Dick, agree. I was thinking Dick of Destiny could be its own podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Craig um, H from L.A. Who's not Craig Horlbeck because it's a different H. Sure, he isn't. What? It's a Craig H from you guys LA? should feature Craig way more. He's great. <laughs> it was Craig. It, this guy's name was Craig Hirsch. Yeah. Oh. Craig H. from L.A., formerly of the Bay Area by way of San Diego. <laughs> wow. He, nice. He says, um, we need a need a pet award, which I've renamed the Cliff Booth need a pet award. Mm. And his question is, would the movie improve if a main character had a pet? <laughs> For example, Eddie Adams leaves home and heads to Jack Horner's home with his belongings and faithful golden retriever named Bruce Lee. I don't know. Would you like Bogey Nights more if Eddie had brought a golden retriever with him? I, w- I would if he had like a pet iguana that he walked around on a leash. You know, if it was something really eccentric. Like, yeah. it's no fun if it's just like, give this guy a dog. Every every <laughs> guy is better with a dog. I mean, Cliff's dog in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was, I think, a crucial Elite. member Elite. of the show. Yes. Movie. Uh, Rob Cicero at Smithfield, he said, I'm listening to T2 right now. And you're talking about Sarah Connor as a bad hang. I think adding a category for good hang, bad hang, he called it best hang, worst hang, but we always called it good hang, bad hang, would be a solid addition. Mm-hmm. I'm not against this for occasional pods. I do think I like the concept when we argued about whether Sarah Connor was a rough hang. Right. <laughs> I do think we should bring that back for some pods. Do you guys think Mike McDee was a good hang? Yeah. Loyal friend. Ready to go to Atlantic City anytime. Just feel like he would always be like, I got to go home. I got to get up and do my paper route. What do you think, Sean? Um, like worm is a good hang, gets you not, in trouble. That's that, but that's not a. That, is that a good hang? I mean, this is really this is where the y- your wormness comes out. Cr, <laughs> yeah, you know, you identifying Just put the with leather him. jacket on Cr. You know, McDermott. He's trying to he's trying to have a life for himself. You know, he's trying to put some money together. He's trying to get through law school. There's something decent about him. What's wrong with that? Let's take a break and then we're gonna come back and do best suck ups to Chris and Craig. This episode is supported by State Farm. Think about your first reaction after you have an accident. What do you do? You scream, oh no, or man, why did this happen? On the flip side, let's say you buy a new car or you lease a new car. Get in there and it smells great and you're like, man, this is awesome. But just remember, really the only words you need to remember are like a good neighbor. State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to somebody. 
Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This episode is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Spring comes with a lot of chores because, you know, spring cleaning. One thing you can clean up right away, your phone bill. Just switch to Mint Mobile. They have unlimited talk, text, data plans for $15 a month when you buy a three-month plan. $15 a month. That's like, you can subscribe to two movie channels for that. I mean, what a great deal. Also, super easy to switch plans. Everyone gets so intimidated by, oh my God, I don't know if I should switch my plan. It's not that hard. To get this new customer offer, go to mintmobile.com slash rewatch. That's us. That's mintmobile.com slash rewatch. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month for a first three-month plan only. Speeds slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Coming back, somebody named Mr. K, who's definitely like a college room of Craig's, wants a category <laughs> called Producer Craig Suggests. Producer Craig makes suggestions for possible substitutions of more current actors, directors, soundtrack, et cetera, for any older movie. We kind of had this with the recasting couch. But Producer Craig, you got fans out there like Mr. K. There are dozens of them. <laughs> Chang Chang Kim wants line of the movie that should be read by Chris as Al Pacino <laughs> and he gives his examples E.T. it was nothing like that penis breath in Jurassic Park that is one big pile of shit he just wants us to do one quote every time with C.R.S. Pacino I'm not against it I bolded it uh. and then Josh P. said would this movie be better with Wayne Jenkins that is that is playing to the base right there for me. Here's yeah. the thing. Every movie would be better with Berthal as Wayne Jenkins if you just threw him in the movie. Like him in Heat. I got to be honest. When we were doing E.T. and CR dropped the super cop line on it, I, I hadn't seen that episode yet. And I was like, I have no idea what Chris is talking about right now. <laughs> the 800,000 people that are watching me own this city were like, yes. And everybody else was mystified. That's it. That's but then what, when that's... you saw it, you were like, it all came together. It all came together. That's what we like to do. Um, Roy B had a suck up to me. I'm a year younger than Bill, so I find it hilarious when the other younger staff give him a hard time about some of his opinions. And then he bullet pointed some of them. Frank Sinatra was a big deal. <laughs> that was an opinion I had. This is bullshit. No, this is bullshit. That one is crazy. I know plenty of people who are older than you, Bill. I like they that never I get, talk about Frank Sinatra's I like that coolness. getting credit for Frank Sinatra. I was excited. Um, how the Gumars and Goodfellas had to be prettier. <laughs> how, I, how I'm in love with every actress from the 80s and how Kay's character from the Godfather movies was terrible. And then he adds, by the way, he is not wrong. <laughs> so thank you, Roy B. So all of those opinions are generational rather than just like your bizarre Listen, taste. I, I'm on, I, I think I'm the president of Frank Sinatra Island. People don't talk about the guy enough. Who did you say that email was from? Sil Bimmons? Who wrote that? <laughs> it's Roy B. <laughs> Javier P. says we should have the K. Corleone Award for the worst character in the movie. Spay Cariana says it should be called the Butch's Girlfriend Award. And then Robert Price says, how about the Maria de Madero's Potbelly Award for most non-essential character, or just call it the Butch's Girlfriend. Basically, a prominent character is removed from the film would not be missed in the slightest. And then Mike says, hey, I love the pods. Opposite of most rewatchable scene, I vote name it after Fabienne from Pulp Fiction. So those are three Pulp Fiction Butch's girlfriend emails. 
So I, I know I have, I have a group now of people who agree with me. Yeah, you guys should start a Reddit board or something. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> you and all the, the weird guys who hate Maria DiVadero's in Pulp Fiction. I do think, and I, I think this is going to make the cut, I do think the Butch's Girlfriend Award for character that could disappear from the movie and the movie doesn't miss anything should be considered strongly. Uh, like, is now the time to explain why that character is important? I mean, we can save it for the inevitable Pulp Fiction pod in 2037. Let's save it. Okay. Let's save Pulp Fiction. So a bunch of people wanted a category, and I think we have to do it just because there were a lot of them, about identifying a point in the movie when it's okay to either pee or go make popcorn mm, or yeah. do something. That's right. smart. Check Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. And for some reason, this immediately brought me to Shooter when they had to put in the six minutes of Shooter and Kate Mara trying to get to know each other better and just like six minutes of bad dialogue. And it's like just a great time to go pee, maybe get some ice cream and just come back and you've missed absolutely nothing. Lindsay writes, um, for me, it's the scene in Greece when Sandy sings hopelessly devoted to you while hallucinating John Travolta's face in a kiddie pool. Love the song, hate the scene. So that would be her pee break. This, I, I think that the ultimate thing, especially on a rewatch, is the Anchorman flute scene. Mm. It's like, you know, mm. I got it. You know, I know that I know what you guys are doing. Cost, this CR. is a very long scene, so I, I'm sure I can go and get some hummus. Come back, Mike, Michael What's Scully that? suggested the ping pong scene in Forrest Gump as a good example of this. Oh, he's about to play ping pong. I'm going to go pee. Yeah, well, you got to make sure you're in your seat though for the premature ejaculation. You want to be there for that, right? <laughs> you Bill? have yeah. to be back. At <laughs> I do also love the premise of this question. Like people don't have pause buttons, and it's just like, well, this or movie has started, so I guess I'll have to. <laughs> Well, I guess like, but if you're rewatching and it's on TNT or HBO and the yes, flute scene's coming most, on Anchorman, you yeah. know instantly like, oh, I'm going to go pee right now. Right. I need to see the flute scene again. So I like the the concept of a pee break, I think is strong. Music categories, we mentioned the... Um, Can we get that sponsored by like Avion or something? Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, that's a good soft drink sponsor. Write that down, Craig. Victor H. wants, would this movie be improved by the addition of Gimme Shelter? You just throw it in. Would it be better? <laughs> What about the subtraction of Gimme Shelter from yeah, mul multiple Scorsese movies? I really like this email from Travis McVeigh. He calls it the Vincent Chase is this actually good award. Here's what it means. When a character in a movie presents a piece of art in a movie, I always ask myself, if it's actually good, parentheses, the thing from that song, you, that thing you do, or total crap. But the other characters are acting as if it's great in service of the story like the futuristic DJ movie Vince makes in the Entourage movie, which wins an Oscar. Honestly, this would apply to anything Vincent Chase made in Entourage. Uh, but he says, example of good art portrayals of movies other than that thing you do. Rob, Rupert Pumpkin's stand-up was actually good in King of Comedy. <laughs> Julie Delpy's song at the end of Before Sunset is actually good. And Neil crushing his play in Dead Poets Society. Those are his three examples. <laughs> Neil! <laughs> My son! Um, I like the idea of art. So then, so like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood would be a good one, right? When whatever one of the Leo scenes, it was like, was that actually good? Or yeah. was that just good because it's good in the movie? The 14 I, Fists of McCl McCluskey? Yeah. Oh, is yeah. that actually good? Yeah. But there's also like, there's, I think it's like the, the higher the degree of difficulty is when the person's art is being portrayed as like life-changing. So like James Earl Jones is writing 
in Field of Dreams, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's like, you were the voice of a generation. I can't remember if they actually do any readings from him. I think he quotes one line back to him. Yeah. And, but like, that's like when it gets really difficult. If you're like, this is the greatest novelist of all time. And it's like, oh, okay. What, what about Winona Ryder's documentary and Reality Bites? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, that's a good one. She See, this is a good cut, category. Though. Yeah. I think this is good. Producer Craig, what do you think of this category? What do you think of naming a category after Vincent Chase? Uh, I love it with every fiber of my being. Were you a big Entourage guy, Craig? I mean, I watched, I mean, it's the perfect, there's no more perfect show for a kid in college. So yeah. I watched the whole show in college. But like the Forgetting Sarah Marshall vampire play. Perfect. <laughs> that's another one. Oh, that's a great one. I really, I my wife and I just watched that movie and we were both saying that that play was kind of awesome. <laughs> yeah. What's that? What is it called? Is it like Dracula Alone? What's it called? Die. Dracula the Musical. Die! Okay. Die! <laughs> I can't. <laughs> that movie's amazing. I told you guys I want to do Reforgetting Sarah Marshall. We should just do this with all the new categories. I love that movie. Uh, Abby wants a theme month called Apex Mountain April. <laughs> it's in the same vein as Fucked Up Family February, but this category will spotlight films where the lead was at the peak of their star power industry ranking, swung for the fences, and failed. Like I Kevin Costner in Waterworld or John Travolta in Battlefield Earth or Sandra Bullock in All About Steve. <laughs> Apex good. Mountain April. I is guess that we the can hu- do it That's in the Hudson Hawk pod, I guess, right? Yeah, the problem is... It wouldn't be fun to rewatch those movies. I don't want to spend any time with All About Steve. That sounds like yeah. a bummer. Great idea. I don't know if we can execute it. We will execute this, though. Two awards. So people want more food in the rewatchable, Sean. Okay. David Weissman suggests the Big Kahuna, mmm, this is a tasty burger <laughs> award for best-looking <laughs> food in the film that you would want to try as yeah. you're watching it. That's a no-brainer. That's just being added to the podcast. Might be my favorite line reading in the history of movies. So, so if, we're, if we're into that, this is a tasty burger. And then uh, Josh P. suggests the Den of Thieves Benny Hanna Award for the place location that steals the scene more than yes. the actors did. I Look, this is also just a lock to be in. Wow. This is like Henry Hill's bar where Tommy kills bats. Yeah. <laughs> I, location, I think we've almost done like 250 episodes. I don't, probably we've been a little light on location, mm-hmm. talking locations, how important they are. So I like this. And then uh, Josh Reese had a similar thing to the Big Kahuna Award. He wanted to call it the Richard Kimball Egg Sandwich Award. But <laughs> what was talking about when they make spaghetti sauce in The Godfather, or they're preparing the food in Goodfellas and it just kind of makes you hungry. Yeah. I think we should add both of these. I was thinking like right around, um, like maybe after what stage the best, there's a couple food spots to swing in. That diner in Thief is like my ideal diner. This is... I think the single best idea anyone had. It's from John N. He said, I was listening to your Beverly Hills Cop 2 episode and you're talking about racehorses. And I thought, why not have a best racehorse name from the movie category? From the movie Heat, you have book about metals, the bank's money, or barbecues and ball games. <laughs> and I'm only providing heat examples. <laughs> I think that's a good one. We have to figure out the best racehorse name from somebody who loves that movie. But wouldn't you? It wouldn't be surprising at all if a, a horse that won the Derby was called "The Action Is the Juice." Like that's oh that's in play. Yeah, right. So I'm adding this. I love this. I can't wait to figure out a racehorse name for the next one we do. Sierra, I feel like you're not excited enough about this. I'm trying to think of which one. What I would want to name a horse from The Departed. Oh my god. 
Probably the porn theater. Wait, did they show the name of the porn theater? <laughs> no. No. What's what's that? What's the what's the combat zone? Combat, oh, the combat zone. zone. That's yeah, it. that's good. That's good. Oh, that's a great. See the great category. This, I don't think makes it. It's from Alan Blair in St. Louis, but I really respected it. The Richard Kimball Inappropriate Body Award. He's watching The Fugitive. Richard Kimball dressing his own wounds in the hospital bathroom after escaping the jail bus. It's clear that he's the most ripped vascular surgeon Oh, yeah. In it's fucking crazy. <laughs> what high-performing doctor has time to get in Ron Reynolds shape? Uh, show me a nuclear physicist who's ever looked like Denise Richards' Christmas Jones in that shitty Bond movie. <laughs> I, maybe this makes a cameo every once in a while, this category. But the Richard Kimball point's great. Why is he so ripped? He's a fucking doctor. What, what, what did he have, like the best Soloflex in Chicago? <laughs> <laughs> How did he look like that? He's working with Alex Guerrero. Jesus. He, did, he, he didn't have Seal Award by de- being a doctor, though. You know, he did it by being jacked. True. Maybe he just, he just outworked everybody. We're trending towards right here is doing a, a, a refugitive. I... Oof. Can we we did the fugitive way early in the pod when we really didn't have any categories. You'll have to excuse my friend Richard Kimball. He's very <laughs> sick. Um, Nicholas K thinks we should have a finishing move wrestling category like the Stone Cold Stunner or the Rock Bottom or Sweet Chin Music. The one line scene shot image tagliner moment that sold the movie. And his example was there here with Poltergeist. Yeah. I don't think it's quite there, but I, li- I like the spirit behind Yippee it. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It was mm. a good one, you know. Sean, you like this. Well, there's a bunch of stuff about, was it the right title for the film? Oh. And if it wasn't, could we come up with a better title? Okay. Nobody really had the right award for it. Leah Bras suggested, what's the title if it's a Tarantino film, which I kind of liked. But I think the question of right title, wrong title... You know, like Shawshank Redemption, we talked about this, Chris, when we did that with my dad and we decided that was a terrible title because it, it actually drove people away from the movie. Nobody knew what it was. But if it had been like Escape to Zuantaneo, that would have it, it been a, really it good on the poster. movie, but yeah. awesome. <laughs> Escape to Mexico, whatever. Escape to Mexico. That, that might have given the movie away a little bit. But E.T., if you called E.T. Phone Home, is that a better title or a worse title? I think it would have been more confusing. What if you had called it's it called Night Sky? It's called E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Yeah. It's not the, a great title. Isn't it? I think it really does what it says it's yeah. supposed to do. Just I like mean, Star it, Wars. It you know? I agree. I, I think it Star worked. Wars, great title. I guess like we should think about what are episodes we've done in the past where the title, even though it's kind of burned into our brain, like doesn't totally make sense or we feel like we could have done better. You know, like, Yeah, the, this is a conditional category. Like The Hangover is a great title. Forgetting Sarah great. Marshall is a great title. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Most movies have the right title, but sometimes they miss with the title. So I, I just think we should keep that in our background. <sighs> Chris, you wanted to rename Amistad, right? What was, what was your take on that? <laughs> <laughs> Rob McDermott said, if you had to, and then he put in caps, had to make a sequel or prequel, how would you make it good? And he said, there are no wrong answers. A heat sequel that saw Val Kilmer's character picking sides between Taiwanese crime families in a gangland war in Mexico would have sounded insane, but there goes Michael Mann. <laughs> <laughs> so prequel or sequel? I don't think it should be every pod, but I think something we should keep that in mind. Yeah, for any movie that doesn't have a sequel, I think we, that that's pretty yeah. fun. Ordinary people too. Dragos wanted Nadir Valley, which would be the opposite of Apex Mountain. 
<laughs> An actor filmed it during his low point and, the car- and his career was subsequently revived by this movie like John Travolta and Pulp Fiction. I don't, I don't think it totally works, but I like the concept of Nadir Mountain. But I think it would be Nadir Valley, right? Yeah, it would be a mountain. It would be a For valley. Sure. Yes. I don't think it works. Somebody out. sent another email about that called the, the Golden State Down 20 Award for like, and they said Travolta in Pulp Fiction, the comeback yeah. award. We right. would just do that and what's age the best for the Travolta thing. But isn't the Nadir Valley like, look who's talking to or whatever? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but we would never do that movie. So it, yeah. like Nadir Valley makes sense. It just, we would never do a movie that had a Nadir Valley. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wonder if you could tweak it going back to the NBA and it's almost like... um actor in a contract year like this is mm. probably their last chance to be in a movie this good and they they pull it off like they the jerome they really, james yeah like that's rude, so rude <laughs> <laughs> sorry shot <laughs> evan fitz a couple people had this evan fitzsimmons wanted uh an homage to one of my favorite chris ryan jokes he has favorite chris ryan jokes apparently on the field of dreams pod when he said imagine if ray Liotta, r.i.p from the second half of Goodfellas was coming out of the cornfield. <laughs> and so he says, new category, an actor who underperformed in the movie, even though they've been good in other movies, and they just bring the character from another movie in to make right. their movie better. He said, I said in Mr. Mom how Terry Gar wasn't that good in Mr. Mom, but I would have loved it if it was Tootsie Terry Gar. And he wants to call this the Jimmy Buckets Award for Jimmy Butler's ability to underperform in Minnesota and then subsequently be better in Philly. Something there. It's really an excuse for CR to just do impressions. Of to do Henry Hill. Like, yeah. Yeah. I just keep flashing back on A Few Good Men every time I hear a new category. And I'm like, Demi Moore is absolutely terrible in A Few Good Men, but she's incredible in other movies. You know, it's like, right. she, that, that's like, is that her Nadir Valley, even though she's in that great movie? Yeah. Could she have done, if she had done like the About Last Night Demi Moore in A Few Good Men, is it a better movie? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that she might not have been like taken as seriously as a lawyer, but yeah. What about the dis- <laughs> right, disclosure Demi Moore? Yeah. yeah, disclosure Striptease Demi Moore. Demi Moore in, yeah. Indecent proposal. Todd Ressler wants the Henry Hill and E.T. Award. I think inspired by Chris. What other movie would you like to see the main character from this movie in? Um, oh, yeah. And he, he suggested like Indiana Jones and Proof of Life. Henry in Goodfellas and E.T. We just take characters we like and throw them in different Daniel movies. Plainview in Moneyball. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this is in everything, but I think we should keep it in the back of our heads. That's pretty funny. And then same thing, Kyle Barlow had a Quentin Tarantino universe actor or character fringe relation award about how Tarantino likes to have people who are related to people. And he said for the E.T. episode, a potential winner could have been Drew Barrymore. What if her character in E.T. became Julia and the Wedding Singer? <laughs> the case for that being she breaks up with her fiance to get with Adam Sandler because she's scarred from growing up as a child of divorce. That's good. Pretty good. Not bad. I, I don't know if that's category worthy, but I think we could put that in a what's age the best. Um, a lot of Tom Cruise, can we make fun of Tom Cruise more stuff? I don't, I, I don't Tom Cruise is great. <laughs> like, <laughs> like make fun of what? How... When he tries to either be human or tries to play sports, there's yeah. a lot of like Tom Cruise throwing a baseball award, things like that. Chris has the ultimate impression of him in Oblivion, pretending. Oh yeah, to be when a he's just game. like the big game was here, <laughs> thousands of fans, <laughs> and then touchdown. <laughs> I was watching War of the Worlds on an airplane, and the baseball scene is just so goddamn funny. I don't know why he's throwing the baseball like that. I don't. Do you think he threw it? He practiced and threw out his shoulder. 
I, I don't know. Lest we forget the extraordinary gymnastics he did in the firm, though. You know, those back handsprings. I have to admit, if I've been quiet over these last 15 minutes, it's because I just keep thinking of Wayne Jenkins in different movies. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking of what if Wayne Jenkins was the Tom Cruise character in War of the Worlds. <laughs> uh, Mitchell Adams wants a category called the multiverse. Which character from another movie would you want to most like to see multiversed into the movie you're watching? His example is putting Jesus Shuttlesworth in Hoosiers. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I thought that was good. It doesn't work, but it was funny. And then Peter Lonsdale wanted the Martin Scorsese award for best prelude to a blowjob scene. And then put in parentheses, <laughs> casino. You can pound that big feel for two hours and still won't be tender. Watch That's the good. leather, honey. It's good fellas, isn't it? <laughs> or good for, I guess good fellas. Oh yeah, he put God. casino. How about, um, there really aren't that many blowjob scenes though in movies. So it's like we only right. really get like Scorsese movies. This episode is brought to you by Sonic. You know what sounds good after a long day? Ice cream. I love ice cream. Right now is the perfect time to get some. Sonic has half price shakes every night after 7 p.m. when you order online or in the app. Just think of it. All that creamy, soft serve, hand mixed with your favorite flavors for half the price in any size. Listen, a lot of people like goofy shakes. I like vanilla shakes. You can throw 40 flavors at me. You know what I'm going to order? You know what I love the most? Vanilla shakes. It's perfect because me and my family, at least once a week, we still all get ice cream together when we're together. Grab Sonic Half Price Shakes after 7 p.m. now. Exclusions apply. Available for a limited time only at participating Sonic drive-ins. Kevin Cruz had favorite little moment, just like a quick moment in a movie, like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the moment when Leo looks back at Cliff after Cliff says, remember, you're Rick fucking Dalton. So it's like a three-second thing. I don't think it works, but I, I like the spirit of it. So people think, and Devin Kuch, Kuchinka thinks that we the overacting award should just be called the Mark Ruffalo, Saul Rubinek, Vincent Hanna, Linda Partridge Award. That everybody should be honored in the award. Yeah, because we shouldn't like, have moved on. We should overname the overacting award. Yeah, yeah. I do. I feel like we've we've slighted Saul Rubinek by not in, invoking him recently. I just I don't know what he does is 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 different from those other actors are like great actors that everybody loves. I love when somebody comes in and you're like, this person's not famous, and they're just like, fuck it, I'm taking over. Craig, maybe this is an yeah. opportunity for you to flex your audio montage skills and put together just like a eight second clip of people screaming. Oh wow! Of those <laughs> before people. we before we do the I want the word. truth. It's Don't like I want lady. the truth. You stab me in the heart. Don't call me lady. Like put yeah, the, and I'll put that in at the start of every every time we do that category. Yeah, and I think everybody just driving along with their kids in the car would appreciate like a quick <laughs> five second burst of screaming. I'll just through. jack up the volume on it. <laughs> They do. <laughs> it's not only overacting, it's also over-editing on my part. Yeah. Josh Fryerman, he wants us to have an award called the LeBron James knew this movie would be a rewatchable when he first saw it in high school award, <laughs> which we're not going to have, but I really appreciate the comedy of that. You know, when LeBron saw Heat, he knew he, yeah. he knew Heat was going to be a He'd classic. he scouting Heat for years. So here's one, Sean. That I liked. It's called Just One Oscar. It's from Alan B. Mm. The movie only gets one Oscar. Who gets it and why? So E.T., who gets the Oscar? 
Yeah. This oh, that's good. interesting. Good. Really? Yeah. Good. That's yeah. like, uh, you that's know, every, every team has to have an all star. You know, yeah. like if every, honestly, that should just be on every episode. Yeah. And you should, that, that's what I like. Et, what would we would we give it to John Williams? John right? Williams, yeah. Just yeah. one Oscar, John Williams. We can but do that ca- one quick. That's like twenty seconds. It's kind of funny to do it for like Wedding Crashers, though, too. You know? Yeah, <laughs> right. That's true. Every we have to do it for everybody. It has like to go that. to Bradley Cooper. Yeah, yeah. Jason P says, "I will never forget the dismay I felt upon learning Rick Springfield dated a fifteen-year-old Linda Blair after The Exorcist." In the spirit of that all-time bad beat, I propose the Rick Springfield Award for the most egregious retrospective bad beat, like Michael Corleone marrying a 16-year-old Apollonia, or from The Exorcist, Jason Miller turning down Taxi Driver to make the nickel ride. But can we have a bad beat category? We can. I don't know if we should name it after Rick Springfield dating a 15-year-old, but right. uh, I feel like that's in What's Age the Worst we're covered. I brought that up because I didn't know Rick Springfield dated a 15-year-old Linda Blair. What the fuck? Not ideal. Jesus, Rick Springfield. Not ideal. Apex Mountain. A lot of people are confused what Apex Mountain is. <laughs> Seems to be a relative conf- consensus. Just be like, was were this you unaware weird? of that? Did you think we were just nailing it every no, time? It's just when you see it really, you know, unfolding in real yeah. time over emails. People My, just were like, why can't this just be the peak of their career? The funniest thing ever is if there is a special guest on the show, you know, like a Bill Hader and Aaron Sorkin, yeah. you, you have to explain it. Just watching you explain <laughs> it is extraordinary. So I don't, I kind of don't want to lose that. I feel like that's part of the podcast. <laughs> I agree. It's that's a right. category that never made sense. But Steve Groothus, Groothus, he says, baseball players choose the hat team to represent them on their Hall of Fame plaque. Oh, Yeah. Would this be the movie the actor, writer, director would wear as their wow, Hall of Fame hat? Yeah. Tremendous question. There's also yeah. like, you could also throw it. This is like first paragraph of the obituary known for yeah. movies such as, and is like, mm. is this in the first sentence there? What order so, does it come in? Yeah. So he asks, E.T., is that Spielberg's Hall of Fame hat? <sighs> Die Hard, Bruce Willis. Top Gun, Tom Cruise. This is good. This should be a category. Hall of Fame. I mean, are you going to retire Apex Mountain? Or are you going to do... Is Hall of Fame hat different than Apex Mountain for you? No, because I like having them both because it's more confusing. I think Hall of Fame (laughs) hat can come right after Apex Mountain. This is... That's good stuff. Apex Mountain's about the juice you have in your career. Hall of Fame hat is just so easy to understand. It's legacy. It's like, in retrospect, it turns out you'll always be known for this. What's PTA's Hall of Fame hat? Right now, I think it's There Will Be Blood. I think it is too, but I don't it's, know if that's for what me, it'll be. It's nuts. He's got he's got one coming that's going to win him like six Oscars though. That's probably going to be the one in like ten years because they're going to be like shit. We didn't. Why didn't we give this guy any Oscars? Is that Venom three? Pro- hopefully, fingers crossed. Jay Torres thinks we should name the Apex Mountain category after somebody because all the categories are named after people for the most part, and he suggests the Catherine Tremell Apex Mountain category. <laughs> <laughs> Not against it. Uh, Catherine Trebell, Apex Mountain. It's just a picture of Sharon Stone's face. It's like <laughs> 500 yards. All right, last one. It's Craig, it's another Vincent Chase award. This uh this comes we did, from We're doing two awards named after Vincent Chase. Ah, it's just these are suggestions. Kyle, Kyle Barlow. He says in season three A, episode four, Guys and Dolls of Entourage, there's a scene in Ari's office with Vincent the Boys right off the heels of success of Aquaman. Ari presents multiple scripts. 
Fox wants you to do this movie, seven million, throws the script in the trash. Miramax, eight million, throws it in the trash, brings out the Medellin script, which is what Medellin. Medellin. <laughs> which is what Vince always wanted. They thought the script was dead. Aquaman was Vince's apex mountain because he could do any script. Uh, Medellin almost cost him his career. Therefore, <laughs> I think the award name on the real watchable should be changed to the Vinny Chase Aquaman Apex Mountain Award. <laughs> uh, uh, that's tough. We're definitely not doing that. <laughs> but it was the first thing I've ever seen that accurately explained Apex Mountain. Right. It's like, are you at the point where you can just throw scripts in the trash? Yeah. Yeah. There it is. We've explained Aquaman and Apex Mountain. <laughs> Just there you go. That's all too, we have for categories. Way too much entourage in this conversation. <laughs> um, I think that I think both questions came from Kyle Barlow. I think he was both. Kyle entourage. Barlow was one of the MV- Yeah, he really loved uh he really loved that episode. So here's what I'm thinking for new categories for the next time we do it. So these are possibles. Best year specific signal, if we do that, call that the Warren G regulator award for best year specific signal. I still don't know if we need that. Um, the slow ride award for best needle drop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause slow ride. I mean, come on. That's a good, that's days of confused. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Do you want to do year specific signal or no? Can we like just a, cover that one? Yeah. Right. I think year specific signal is kind of like a mouthful, but like maybe if you call it like yeah, what t- the, what time is it award? Hey, these should all be no brainers or they're not going in okay. the big kahuna burger award for best food drink. That's definitely. In. Den of Thieves Benihana Award for Scene Stealing Location. That's definitely in. Yep. Um, should we have a hottest take award? Should it be conditional? Or should we just shoehorn it into what's age the best? I think it's better when they come up organically, right? Yeah. Yeah, you should have like almost like a button you can hit to give that award to like a random opinion. I'm sure Sean and I would appreciate that for some of your takes. Um, okay. It's a no-brainer too for like classic movies where we've like accepted the conventional wisdom of something and being like, I'm going the other way. It's right. kind of the, um, the zag award is really what it is. Uh, pee break. Love pee break. It's good. What should we name pee break after? Or just call it pee break. Uh, what was the example that you used? I mean, I used, I don't think shooter should get that, no, that kind of uh recognition when it get, but maybe, I don't know, something from boogie nights. Maybe D- Dirk at the church award for best pee break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot of breaks in Boogie Nights for me. I don't know. The, I thought the flute example was really good, Chris. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's a- an anchorman. Anchorman, anchorman flute scene, flute pee break award. That's brought great. to you by Coors Light. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the Butch's girlfriend award for weak link of the film, scene, character, plot, whatever, or um, would you cut five minutes? Some sort of cut, what would you cut? But mm-hmm. I think that overlaps with pee break. So I don't think we need it. Well, there's inessential and then there... So I guess I, if you're going to do this Butch's girlfriend thing, which I'm kind of appalled by, I do think that it should be like the character you could lose with no material of impact on the movie. All right. So then after casting what ifs, if it's the overacting award... I like having the CP3 award for worst meltdown, even though we'll never use it. I'm just going to have that in the categories in case there's a movie that comes up where we could do it. Yeah, where it's just like, wow, look at this person. They just really, their hamstring must have gone. The Butch's Girlfriend we can keep and use every once in a while. The Tony Snell award is probably better than Butch's Girlfriend. I like giving Tony Snell an award too. I like that one a lot. Um, you, which one do you like, Chris? 
I I just the only reason I hesitate with Tony Snell is that I think it's that too the, obscure. the award that I have to explain as much as of Apex Mountain is Dion Waiters. Yeah, you're right. Tony and so Snell's now we're bringing in. T- I would argue that Tony Snell is less famous than Dion is. Good point. Uh, the James Harden Award for a- actor least interested in being there. <laughs> I think all it's basketball. <laughs> well, I think it's better to call it the uh, the Jalen Rose keep getting them checks award. Because people know what that means. Keep getting yes. them checks. That's like Sam Jackson in Deep Blue Sea. That's a Jalen Rose award winner right there. Sam's in for like 20 minutes. Uh, good hang, bad hang. These are all going to be like conditional every once in a while. The Judith Myers award for character definitely killed first of a horror movie. The People mostly think that the Joey Pants award is too confusing. So I think that guy is a great category though yeah i think we're going to change it back to best that guy and really save it for when it's a true that guy I think or not cool. do it and then the teddy kgb award for the actor doing his own thing or her own thing can replace judd nelson we're going to retire judd so long judd best racehorse name is in <laughs> recasting couch 2022 is in apex mountain adding the hall of fame plaque thing for me, the action is the juice award for best quote. And then a lot of people were like the Netflix thing. That's the worst category. Everybody, you know, it's just every time you decide it would be better off as a movie. So I tweaked it. I checked this with CR. This could be after picking nits. Sequel, prequel, prestige TV, all black cast are untouchable. <laughs> <laughs> you have to pick one of the five. <laughs> You like that, Sierra? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you, you goose that one a little bit. I like Thank it. Thank you. Because <laughs> Van's, Van's whole thing about make this movie with an all-black black cast is a great one. Yeah. So well, I don't think we should lose that at all. I love that category, though, because most of the time... better to decide than the three of us, you know? That, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Um, but like, most of the time we say, no, it's perfect as is. But when we don't, that leads to some of the best conversations. So yeah. I, don't, I wouldn't want to next. Every once in a while, also, when we're talking about, like, I don't think they should make this as a Netflix series, but if they did, it should be this. I think that's when we started talking about, like, yeah. why aren't we making a Jaws, like, yeah, yeah, the Jaws spinoffs that yeah, we Amity Island, right? Isn't that right? Like- Sequel, prequel, prestige TV, all black cast are untouchable. Okay. I think we're going to bring back, would this movie be better with, because the Wayne Jenkins thing inspired me. <laughs> with Wayne Jenkins. <laughs> Would this movie be better with Wayne Jenkins, Danny Trejo, Catherine Hahn, Steve Buscemi, Sam Jackson, or Phil Baker Hall? We just have to pick one of the six quickly. I always want JT Walsh on a list like this, too. All right, I'll add him. I just want JT Walsh yelling at characters. Maybe we just call this, would this movie be better with dot, dot, dot. And, and you pick. And people yeah. can put in whatever. It's just going to be Wayne Jenkins for everyone. Is this pause? Yeah. Excuse uh, me, sir. Are you trying to take over the Nakatomi Plaza on my watch? <laughs> <laughs> God damn. And a motherfucking brick. <laughs> are, are all episodes of the pod going to be six hours now? No, I think we can bang this out in like an hour 40. One Oscar minimum. Wait, did I call that just one Oscar? Yeah, that's yeah. a great one. That's better. Just one Oscar. Some of these that can be answered in like a minute. You that's know, like, what I was thinking. Like the Hall of Fame plaque. Yeah. Like that's just a great new category. Um, I lost the email where the person suggested this, but best double feature choice for this movie. So you're watching this movie 
what would be the second movie if you just wanted to make a good four hours? Like, what would you pair with Heat? It's almost like where the Somme is. Would you pair with Heat, Chris? Would you go lighter? Maybe a little like You've Got Mail to kind of wind down from all the action? Like, so you just basically like, what's the best like sort of for Heat? I feel like we'd stammer too much during this. I like this category more on paper than I do if we were actually doing a podcast. This is literally how I think about like every night of my life. So, right. uh, oh, maybe we just turn it over to Sean. All right, I'll make this conditional. Great job, Gordon, and the the double feature award are both Sean Fantasy Awards. Well, wouldn't you like? Wouldn't you just do Thief, Thief and Heat, and then just look at how they mirror each other and how? They're but he's different? got a good point. It's like sometimes you want to decompress from it, you know. Oh, I okay. forgot to add the best shot award. The Gordo. Great Jack Gordo. Word. I feel like half of these, Bill, like will not apply in certain episodes. Like it's yeah, gonna yeah, actually no be up to you to be like, I I feel like we should answer this. Yeah, one. yeah I'm I'm just gonna have to do a, a tiny bit more work, but it's fine. <laughs> the Andean Red Zuantne Award for what's next for for <laughs> the what's next, next day. The next yeah. day. For the, the next, next day. day. Yeah. I think we have to add that. Like, um, does Dr. Dr. Richard Kimball open his own practice? He's probably on talk shows the next day, right? What p- piece of memorabilia do you want from this movie? The Coach Finstock Award for Best Life Lesson, I think I'm going to add. And I don't think who lost the movie makes sense. So that's it. Producer Craig, what were your favorites? Uh, you hit most of them. Did you want to add, uh, this is another conditional one, but the, was that actually good? Like the, the vampire musical? That, that oh, yeah. Funny. I did right. like that one. So what? So what? So what was the vampire music called? I think it's called Dracula the Musical. The Dracula the Musical word? That's good. I think that's a good idea. That will come up. It's not going to come up every episode. It won't come up every episode, but it will come up some. What else do you have, Craig? Um, based on what you've read, I think that's probably it. I think so. You, we've added a lot. We've, we've added like 10, 10 12 <laughs> categories. But I think all of them can be quick hitters except for... Um, yeah. That, like stuff like just one Oscar, I feel like we could do in 30 seconds. Yeah, the Hall of Fame plaque one's really good. The thing I can't wait, I can't wait for, Bill, though, is when like one of us is about to share like a really warm personal anecdote about a movie, and you're like, great. Okay, so let's get into <laughs> the first of 102 categories. <laughs> I saw this with my dad, and uh... <laughs> when we get to the acting categories, I think I'm just going to pick like three of them, like between overacting, worst meltdown, Butch's girlfriend, keep getting them checks, good hang, bad hang. Like, I just think you grab three of those. I'm already so confused. I'm going to be asking you every episode, like, wait, what award is that? It's going to, it's going to be fun. Okay. We'll make, we'll get through this. Oh, and then best racehorse <laughs> name we're adding. What about okay. the one about like what, the scene you want to be close to? I really liked that one too. What was that? The scene you would like to be close to oh, while cl- it's happening. The close proximity yeah. award? <laughs> oh yeah. What would you like to witness? <laughs> We call that the witness award. You know, like I would, I would like to be in the crowd of people watching Joe Latrulio get his ass kicked in super bad. You know, like there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot the of all Valley. Yeah, that's good. I'll add that. Okay, that's it. Thanks to um, thanks to the listeners. Don't send us any more suggestions because we're we're at capacity. We have yeah, too many. Truly. But I do think like close I the do email think, address. <laughs> yeah, we should Craig just take it down. I do think this will make the pod better though. Um, any last words? Uh, no, but we're coming back this week, aren't we? Yeah, we're coming back. We're gonna do uh, we're gonna do a movie this week, and we're gonna try to shoehorn in 
a bunch of these categories. Should we just say what the movie is? Yeah. 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 We're doing Copland because our guy Ray Liotta died. Um, huge, huge part of Goodfellas, which I think was the most listened to rewatchables podcast we've ever done. I believe so. That and Proof of Life. Yeah. <laughs> proof, of, proof of Life, Country but only, Strong. Only Helen Mirren's plays. They count for uh, 100,000 each. Anyway, we're doing Copland. It's a, we've been meaning, Chris can attest, we've texted about it a bunch of times. Should this be Copland? Think it, we've always kind of had it on the back burner. But uh, Copland is coming off a very strong 2022 cable run. It is an incredible 4 p.m. movie lot. before basketball starts. And I cannot wait to do this one. All right. Chris, Sean, great to see you. It's produced by producer Craig Horlbeck, as always, and we'll see you in a couple days with Copland. Thanks for listening.